All right, I want to welcome on my next guest. we got a very special guest. We've got NFL linebacker, humanitarian author. His new book, Let the World See You, is out everywhere you get your books, all over the place. I got it. It's fantastic. we got Sam Macho. Sam, how's everything going for you? I'm good, Zach. Good to be on with you. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thanks so much for taking the time. So I, w- I want to get into your book a little bit. I was reading it a lot last night and I have a question. So I have a couple of questions ar- about that. So I, so why was it important for you to kind of come out of your shell? Yeah, well, I think more than anything, this book is about what it means. The title is Let the World See You, How to Be Real in a World Full of Fake. So it's really about what it means to be real, to be seen. And so for anybody who's going through, whether they, they, are trying to figure out who they are, who they want to be, or maybe you're struggling with some identity issues or whatever. It's about, man, this is me. I need to let the world see me. And that's not just for me. That's for anybody who, who, uh, who's ever dealt with any kind of fear, shame, doubt, anxiety, any of those emotions. Was there anything in the book that you kind of had to do a double take? Like, I'm not sure if I should put this in. I think for the most part, everything in there, I felt like it was uh, supposed to be in there. So I think for me, those words are really more so Words I felt like not only I needed to hear, but anybody who reads it needed to hear as well. Oh, cool, cool, cool. So I've got a couple of questions about your career, and I've got a couple of questions about the books. So I want to ask you, so how, how did you end up at the University of Texas? Definitely, definitely. Um, so actually, there's a, there's a chapter at the end that gets on that, which I'm sure you'll get to at the end. But <laughs> I got there, long story short, I went to a football camp at USC. And back then, USC, Southern University of Southern California, was a perennial powerhouse. And I remember going to a football camp out there that I wasn't invited to. It was, it was an invite-only camp. And I didn't know it was an invite-only camp. My brother and I showed up with our family. We just heard about this camp. We had family out there. We're from Texas, but we wanted to go. And we went, and they let us in the camp. Our names weren't on the list, but they still let us in. And at, it was at that camp where I got, for lack of better terms, discovered. Pete Carroll and his coaching staff saw me, and they said, wow, this guy's really good. And it was there. So it was an invite-only camp. It was their top 300 camp. So the top 300 players from the entire state of California were at that camp. And out of those 300, me and four other guys got called up to Coach Carroll's office, essentially saying, we want to offer you a scholarship. And so that was when I first got on the map. And also I had a highlight tape that uh, my my computer science teacher put on a recruiting website called Rivals. Oh, yeah. And, Is it still around? Yeah. I feel like it's still around. It's still around. Yeah, absolutely. 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 And so that's how I got discovered. And so that's when all the different teams – started reaching out and and that's when i i decided okay i i was thinking stanford at the time because stanford had a really good academic program and and the football program was rising but they didn't know who their head coach was going to be and i don't want to show up somewhere when i didn't know who that coach was and so didn't go to stanford then i was thinking about going to i think uva as well was another school that i liked but wasn't a big fan of the coaching staff and usc though it was great i decided to go to texas which was i'm from dallas so it was a three hour three hour drive 40 minute flight what are your thoughts on the Cowboys this year? I'm not a Cowboys fan. I've never been a Cowboys fan. Even though I'm from Dallas, I, um, I've always been a fan of players. Okay. So I've been a fan of, even when I was growing up, I like guys like James Thrash and Brian Dawkins, guys who played for the Eagles back then. So, uh, yeah, I've always been an, uh, excuse me, uh, a fan of players. I think when I was young, I liked the Eagles, but yeah, not a real, never been a Cowboys fan. Oh, cool, cool, cool. So I have a question. So at Texas, I know you're talking about in your book a lot, you sometimes struggled to uh, balance football with academics how did you kind of how did you kind of get that to an even keel yeah for me and yeah there's a there's a piece on this in the book as well this idea of like what's what's really important yeah and a lot of people they think well football is the most important thing and not only it's the most important thing it's the only thing it's the only way out it's all you have but for me I always loved and loved academics and strive to be great in the classroom 
as well. I mean, forget as well. Even before I was doing football, I always loved doing good in, in school and learning and, and learning about people and about things. And so for me, I got to a point, a point of inflection, an inflection point where I put all my focus on football, even though I had more capacity in the tank to do my school stuff and whatever. And it got me to a place where I didn't want to be. And so finally, I kind of had to come to terms with the fact that, hey, I can do more than just what people think I can do. I'm so much more than people think. And I think a lot of people, we don't understand we are more than what meets the eye. We are more than any what anything anybody says or does to kind of keep us down or oppress us. Um, we're more than that. And so for me, it was learning that I'm more than just a football player. I'm an acad academic. I won the Campbell Trophy, which is an academic Cosmo Trophy, uh, four-time or three, four-time All-American, academic All-American. Um, so yeah, I think it's just this idea of us understanding that we are more than what we do. Absolutely. So I have a question to fast forward to the draft. You get selected by the Cardinals, but it's a different kind of offseason. Can you kind of recap that a little bit? Absolutely. Absolutely. I got drafted during a lockout. And so a lot of people don't know, I got a call from a team and they called and said, hey, congratulations, you're on the Arizona Cardinals, but don't show up to our facility. And I'm sitting there like, what do you mean? Don't show up to the I'm, I'm supposed to be on the team. Well, they said, hey, here's the deal. This is a lockout. And so you're not allowed to even come to our facility right now. The rule is you have to stay wherever you're at or you can do whatever you want to do. Just know that you can't come to our facility. And so for me, I got drafted and I was excited about it, but I didn't know what to do. And so by the grace of God, I had a friend who, not a friend, I, I went on Twitter and researched some players. And one of the players happened to be a guy named Calais Campbell, a star player for the, for the Arizona Cardinals at the time. He and I became good friends. So I went to Arizona to start working out. Though I went at the facility, I just found a, found a facility to start training. It's interesting. Do you, do you think it's kind of similar for the guys this year that really they couldn't really meet with the teams at all until- Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, I think for a lot of people, and what they're experiencing now is uh, it's similar in a way with COVID and with not knowing what's gonna happen with people opting out, especially early on. There's definitely a lot of similarities, similarities. So when I came in and also when guys are coming in this year. Yeah. So I have a question. So, I, so, I, so in the book, you talk about how people are always asking you, what's Larry Fitzgerald like? And everybody, of course, wants to know. He's one of the greatest wide receivers of all time. He's one of the biggest humanitarians in NFL history. And you used to tell him, oh, he's a great guy. But what was the, what was the truth of that? Yeah. So the truth is, he actually is a great guy. But the truth <laughs> is, I didn't know yeah. if he was or if he wasn't. And I didn't know because I never got a chance. I never took the time to get to know him. Early on in my career, my first year, I was kind of shy and kind of intimidated and this is the superstar and I'm just trying to find my way and it finally got to a point where I think one of my friends just said hey Sam like he's your teammate that's your friend get to know the guy <laughs> and so I, I just went up to him one day and had a conversation and and essentially I said almost like you said Zach I said hey well so many people come up to me all the time and they they ask me about you all right, this was Larry Fitzgerald, right? 15, now he's a 15-year NFL vet, future All-Famer. So they asked me about you. They asked me if you're as great of a guy in real life as you see him on TV. And, and, and they asked me why you do all the good works that you do in the community. And I paused and he said, okay, well, well what do you tell him? And I, I mean, a lot of people would have been like, oh yeah, yeah, tell him you're awesome and you're great. And whatever. I was like, honestly, dude, I tell him I don't know anything about you. I don't know why you do what you do. I don't know what kind of dude you are. I don't know anything about you. And he says, dude, like, first of all, why do you tell him that? But second of all, like, why don't you just get to know me? Yeah. Why don't you just take some time and get to know me? 
And so I did in that simple conversation, right? Because the whole book is about let the world see you, right? The real you. That simple conversation led to our relationship between Larry and I. And that relationship would open up doors to, to meet people I never thought in a million years I would ever be able to meet in, in my life. That, I, I don't, so I don't want to talk about that because that blew my mind when you met the people that you said you wanted to meet. How did that, how did that whole situation happen and who walked in the room? Absolutely. Yeah. So anybody you're giving, you're making me give away the, uh, the first, the chapter. Well, it's, one, a chapter it's a chapter. So you kind of have an idea. Y'all gotta go, y'all go, y'all go, y'all go buy them. We'll go to <laughs> samachobook.com and go get the book or, um, or even anywhere books are sold, let the world see you. But so what happened was, so I have a conversation with Fitz and he says, why, why don't you take some time to get to know me? And I did. And so we started just hanging out, playing chess. He invites me to his house. We're just hanging out. I just get to know him about what makes him great. What makes him tick just on the field, off the field. We talk about global stuff, talk about politics, everything. And all of a sudden I get a, after it was the night before our, our big Wednesday practice. Wednesday practices are the days where you're put, installing the entire offense and the entire defense, you're in full pads, you're grinding on Wednesdays. That's your work day. And Tuesday night, I got a text from Fitz saying, hey man, what are you doing after practice tomorrow? And in my mind, I'm like, okay, let me try and impress, right? Well, I'm going to be studying film. I'm going to be in the hot tub, cold tub. But as I read the text again, I realized it wasn't so much of, of like a question as it was an invitation, right? I looked again. So what are you doing? I said, honestly, dude, I'm chilling. I'm hanging out. Like I'm not, I'm not doing anything. He said, okay, great. Well, I want you to meet some friends of mine. 6.30 after practice, dressed to impress. And so I did. So the very next day, finish up practice, I change, shower, change, get in the car, I follow Fitz as we go in and we go to this hotel and there's some kind of event going on there. I didn't know exactly what it was. And we go kind of in this room, can we go down these steps to this other room behind this curtain to this other side room. And we sit at a table, it's me, Fitz and three of our teammates. And a few minutes later in walks President Bill Clinton, one of Larry Fitzgerald's friends. So all of a sudden, President Clinton walks in and we start having this conversation because Fitz knows I love doing work in Nigeria. Fitz does work overseas. President Clinton does work in Nigeria. So we have this conversation about Nigeria and global missions, and all the things. And then a few moments later, the door opens up again and another president walks in. Now it's President Bill Clinton. And I'm like, wait, what? And Bill Clinton, he, he actually is a Texas fan. And so it kind of all oh, tied Bush, together. Bush. Yeah. Oh, excuse me. President Bush. Excuse yeah, me. President yeah. Bush. Clinton walked like, in first. A second Bill Clinton walked into the room. Yeah. That would have blown everybody's mind. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, Clinton walked in first. Excuse me. Bush walked in second. And President Bush is a huge Texas fan. He watched me play in college. So anyways, that even that opportunity for me to be me opened up doors that I could have never imagined. I did stuff with the with, with President Clinton in the you know years, years, years after that. And I still kind of kept in touch awesome. with, the, with the Bushes as well. That's awesome. I want to I want to kind of continue on that a little bit further into the book. You talk about especially giving back. You were a nominee for the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award, and of course, there is a fifty thousand dollar charitable donation that you can do. What did you decide to do with that? Yeah, well, it's funny, Zach. You say, of course, it wasn't an of course beforehand. Before there was a five thousand uh, dollar, essentially a, a grant to your nonprofit, yeah. which is good money, of but. Course. My, my, my nonprofit, what, well, some of the stuff, the work that we do, we did work in Nigeria. And so we're trying to build a medical center and that it's going to be more than $5,000 to build a medical center. Well, the year I get nominated, the United Way had joined in to become a partner with the NFL and the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. And they actually increased that donation to $50,000 awesome. for each nominee. 
And so my parents and I and our family just started raising all this money for this medical center, but we didn't know how we were going to finish it, right? In Nigeria, 7,000 miles away, and we didn't know how we're going to finish it. And all of a sudden, I get this nomination, right? So $50,000 get gets a chance to go towards the work we did. And then people heard about what we were doing, and they were trying to support support. Well, the next year, I get nominated again, and another 50000 to go goes towards the work that we were doing. And so we had a chance to open up Living Hope Medical Center, which is a facility in Nigeria that my parents started, and I we kind of work together to, to make that happen. We bring over doctors and nurses and surgeons and dentists, ophthalmologists and pharmacists and, and do work over there. How, how much has it progressed since the groundwork was put into now? Yeah, well, it's amazing. So now it's actually an f- open, fully functioning hospital, medical awesome. center in That's the so village, cool. in a village in Nigeria, 7,000 miles away. And, and so there's, there's Nigerian doctors working there and nurses and surgeons and people are coming in every single day and they're getting treatment. And it's it's actually been it's been amazing. And especially during a global pandemic, it's probably amazing work that they're doing that wouldn't have been done without, hopefully, without your charitable contribution. Absolutely. And pandemic or no pandemic, that was a place of extreme need, extreme yeah. need. I mean, there's there's uh, almost, I forget how many people in, are in Nigeria, live in Nigeria, but like two thirds of the people there live, it was 170 now, it's almost 200 million people live in Nigeria and two thirds of that population lives on less than a dollar a day. People die there from insect bites and dysentery and things that if you go to Walgreens, you know, you go check, do a doctor checkup, you'll be fine here. But there, they don't have that. And so that medical center ended up being a huge, huge help. Yeah, absolutely. So I have a question to another part of your book. I thought that was very interesting. So everybody likes Chipotle. <laughs> you went in one day and something interesting happened and you kind of struck up a conversation and the, the result was probably not what you anticipated. Absolutely. And so you're talking about chapter three. This is a book club. Let's do it in a book club yeah, right now. Um, so uh, so I, I, I sincerely believe that being you is not only for your benefit. I believe being you is for the benefit of others, letting people see the real you. That's what I believe. And so, you know, you talk about this chapter in the book and this idea of like what it means to be you and why. Why would I even risk it? to show people the real me, whether I'm sad or mad or angry or happy, why would I even risk it? Well, when you do their benefits, one specifically in this example, I went to Chipotle, which I love. I used to go to Chipotle all the time. And, and the long and short of it is I got a free Chipotle card, Chipotle for an entire year. Anytime I walk in, and I, I don't even have it with me right now, but Anytime I walk in, just show the card and it's literally, it's like gold, free Chipotle. And I got that card literally, quite literally from being me. That could be the Willy Wonka sequel. And that, <laughs> that's what they give out. Is there, is there a list to sign up for that? Or is that just kind of like a... I didn't even know it was real, man. And that's the thing. It's like, there's so much, there's so many things we don't even know about. And I'm not even like, some people might say, well, Sam, you're a celebrity and yeah. you play in the NFL. And that's, <laughs> these things only happen to you. But it's like, I'm telling you, there's certain things that that are available to you and sometimes they're just relationships it may just be a relationship it may just be it may be a friendship it may be a shoulder to lean on it may be uh, someone you could learn from things that are available to you when you are you yeah i have a question did everybody anytime did you go to the same chipotle or did everybody at all the chipotle nationwide man anywhere they they all no but did they all they all knew about the free cards that were out there was anybody like hey no, so I would go to some Chipotle. So you're asking, did every Chipotle work yeah, or no? Yeah. I literally would show up and I'd order my food. I'd, 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 oftentimes I'd show them the card. They'd be like, 
<laughs> two things, two things would happen. One, they'd be like, meet the manager, I don't know who this guy is. And the manager would be like, oh, I think I've heard about something like that. And it's like they would just key in. On the other half of the time, they'd be like, it's real. It's real. It's, it's real. <laughs> so I didn't even, it was the coolest thing. I had it for about three years and, uh, awesome. and I loved it. What was the longest transaction you ever had where they had to call somebody and call somebody and say, oh, we need to verify this? As long as yeah, you ever it wasn't necessarily the longest, it wasn't necessarily the time of the transaction. It was more so like the awkward yeah. kind of pause. And 15 it was, it was people like, online behind you. They're like, what well, the hell's going on with this? Well, not even that. It was more like the manager would be like, the, the, the person at the desk would be like, I don't know what this is. And then the, <laughs> the, at, the, at the register, then the manager would come over and it's like, is this guy, is this real? Like, they wouldn't believe it was real. So I'm like, I could. I could pay for it, or I could I play in the NFL. The guy gave me the card. I don't know. They think I'm nice. Yeah, that's awesome. So I want, I want, so away from the book, I don't want to give anybody else, anybody else anything from the book. If you want the they book, they can go get it. Y'all can go they get can it. go get it. They can go Every, get it. Anywhere books are sold, Everywhere. right? Let the world see you. It's how to let the world see yeah. you. So type yeah. in Amazon, Target, Barnes and Noble. All over. Um, all anywhere books are sold. I searched it in 30 seconds. It came right up. It's very, it's very easy to find. So I have a question. So, so back to back to the Cardinals. I saw that you were behind Joey Porter when you came in. What's, yeah. your, what's your best Joey Porter story that you can tell on a podcast? I mean, it's a couple I probably can't tell on the <laughs> podcast. Peasy, peasy, peasy. So we call him Peasy. Man, I, 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 yeah, it's some, it's some stories. It's some stories that I think got to stay in the locker room with the PZ, with the PZ stuff. But he's, he's, I mean, great dude. I think they're, I'm I'm almost certain that him and his wife just opened a facility, like a hospital of some sort. Oh, Uh, nice. I didn't know that. That's awesome. Or it's coming soon. I think it's for people with disabilities, something like that. It's interesting. And then, so I have a question. So how did you end up with the Bears? Absolutely. So I finished my, I signed a rookie contract with the Cardinals, finished that, that contract up and it, I was a free agent. And I, funny enough, I thought I was going to retire a Cardinal, but I had some injuries. And so, you know, I was ready to move on. They were ready to move on. And I was getting my MBA from this international business school. And while I was getting my MBA, I was getting it while I was playing and in the off season. And all of a sudden I get a call from like a seven, eight, six number, it's a Florida number. I'm like, what the heck? calling me but I'm in I'm in class my phone rings I'm a free agent so I'm like dude maybe it could be a team maybe it's not I don't know so I stepped out of class I pick up and it's John Fox who was the head coach of the Chicago Bears at the time and he talked about not only trying to build a new team and to build build a new culture but also an opportunity so they were changing defenses from a 4-3 which Chicago Bears have been has been known to run a 4-3 defense to a three, four. And they brought in a coach named Vic Fangio, who was in San Fran, who was dominant. He actually had been at Stanford beforehand, dominant there, been in Baltimore. I mean, he'd been everywhere. And he, he a lot of, in a lot of ways, almost invented the three, four defense in a lot of ways. And I got a chance to talk to Vic Fangio as well. And they said, you will have an opportunity to play, which is what I was really excited about. And obviously looking at the city of Chicago, I saw there was an opportunity to make an impact yeah. in the community as well. Did you ever have any, I feel like Bears fans are very out there. Do you ever, ever have any interesting conversations with like a Bears fan on the street or anything that kind of jumps out at you? The most interesting one was, I think it was my second year or so. I was a, uh, my second year with the Bears. So six years or so in the NFL, I was at a draft party, right? Draft party, boom, we show up, get paid, interact with fans, the whole deal. And, and it's always nerve wracking for a player to watch the draft, especially the first round, because if you get somebody drafted in the first round at your position, pretty much means you your starting spot is, 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 yep. is kind of out the door. And so I was at the draft party and, and my time essentially had ended to, you know, to be there. So I was getting ready to leave. I said, let me just watch and see, let me just 
as I'm walking out the door, let me just see, right? Walking out the door, I see the Bears are traded up from the 11th pick to about the sixth or seventh pick, something like that. And so I said, oh, let me stay and just peek to see who they're going to pick. And I play outside linebacker. Well, as I'm walking out the, out the door and like peeking back, I saw they had picked Leonard Floyd, who was an outside linebacker from Georgia, dominant player, plays for the Rams now, really, really good player. And my heart immediately sank because I'm like, man, like you traded up for my position. But it's like, hey, you know what? He's a great dude, teammate, whatever. As I'm walking out the door, one of the guys who was there at this event was like, hey, Acho, Acho. And they say, um, hey, the Bears just drafted a linebacker. Hopefully you keep your starting spot. And I'm like, oh, come on, man. Like, I mean, it was like 30 seconds ago. Let me give me some time to to let it digest. So that was probably the that's probably the, you know, the most like Bears fan thing you could do. But it was, I mean, I, yeah, the fans are passionate here in Chicago. I have a question. How how did you find time with all the stuff going on? You're just talking about getting your MBA, playing in the NFL. How did you have time to write a book? Yeah, well. It wasn't like I was just like it was not a bucket list thing. I want to go write a yeah. book. There wasn't yeah. by any means. And you said, what and this I, was. I know you said your first it book was said, more. more coming, right? More coming because we, we need some sequels, right? Yeah, it, this book was more <laughs> birthed out of pain and and doubt and frustration and fear, but it also was birthed out of freedom and hope and joy and peace. And so for me, this book, I actually got it right here. Like oh, cool. Book, um, it's um, in a lot of ways, it's my heart on the page. It's my heart on paper. And so how did I find time? I mean, anytime for me, it would be it. It was, it was therapy in a lot of ways. It was, writing was therapeutic. It was cathartic. It was free. That's awesome. And I, and I have one last question for you. Has anybody reached out to you after reading the book saying like, this, this is, I, I needed this. Yeah. A lot of people have actually, a lot of people after reading the book have, and these are both some, some are athletes, former, former, uh, you know, current athletes, former athletes. Some people have no idea what shape a football is. Right. And they've read the book and they've said, thank you so much for writing this. Thank you so much for writing this because people in the football world or in the sports world said, man, I needed to hear these words that you've had to say, that you have, you have to say. And people who, people who aren't in the sports world have said, man, I know nothing about football. And I read this book and I, and like my life has been changed for it. Thank you for showing me how to be me. That's awesome. That's so cool. Well, that's, that's all the questions really have for you. So one last time for how can people find the book and how can people find you on social media and keep up with you? Yeah, definitely. So uh, just go to samachobook.com, S-A-M-A-C-H-O book.com to find out more about me and about the book. You also just, it's available anywhere books are sold. So just go to, the title is Let the World See You. Let the World See You, How to Be Real in a World Full of Fakes, available anywhere books are sold, Amazon, Target, Barnes and Noble, wherever you get your books, it's available. And then also if you want to find me on social, I'm my tag is at the t-h-e sam acho so samachobook.com let the world see you and you can connect with me in that way cool 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 man we really appreciate you taking time it's been awesome i can't wait to finish up this book later today but this has been a blast really do appreciate you taking the time awesome thanks so much Jack.
That we got plenty of time 